0: Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne.
1: I'm Kevin. I'm Danny. I'm Katie. So in today's sermon, because it was just Independence Day here in the United States, July 4th, Pastor Danielle was more closely examining the value of individualism and independence in our country. and contrasting that to the, not codependence, but interdependence that we see um, with Jesus and the disciples in the gospel, and that God calls us to live out in the church and in our communities. And that is what we're going to talk about today. There's a lot more to get into. Very excited for today's conversation. So where do we want to start? What, what thought or, or theme? The first thing someone brought up is that I wrote, Discipleship happens in community, not in isolation. But that might, be it. That might actually be a better ending thought. We could start with this question. What, one of the questions that Pastor Danielle posed is what is the cost of independence and individualism? We tend to think about the benefits I mean, I think it's difficult
2: to assess the cost of true independence versus the benefits because none of us has ever known true independence um, in our lives. I mean, we are reliant on other people to do just about everything other than the very small amount of things that that we do. Um, And, you know, the people that, as you were saying earlier sew our clothes, pave the roads, build the houses that we live in, grow the food that we eat, like run the subways, build cars depending on whether you live in a city with public transportation or not. And so, I mean, true independence is essentially just not having to rely on anyone else at all. And I don't think any
1: of us can talk intelligently about that because we don't know what it is. And yet I think I like to believe, and maybe other people like to believe, that like, that we have made our own way and do have complete independence and control over our lives. Is that really true, then?
3: So if I can riff off of that, maybe. Please. I think rather than then an actual true independence, maybe more about how we assume how we're independent and we assume ways in which, I think, Kevin mentioned this the idea of control. That we like the idea that um, even if, like, the subway isn't run by me, Catherine, personally, um, you know, I can decide when I ride it, I can decide when it takes me somewhere and what it does. But in that process, I'm also probably ignoring all of the people and, you know, the things that contribute to it. So I've actually noticed recently at Times Square, maybe. once every other week there'll be someone in like an mta uniform who just says good morning and i always like make an effort they'll be like standing in that large kind of open area where usually there's a performer where like before the s and like the two three kind of let out and it's a little it's a little bit of a change of pace from like the scientology people or the the uh Watchtower magazine distributing Jehovah's Witnesses. But it's just very nice <laughs> yeah. to see somebody who, you know, in an M, like either like an orange vest or like a thing that says MTA just says good morning. And I make a point of saying good morning back. And that's kind of an un New York moment. Um, but maybe it's the kind of thing that reminds me that, yeah, there is somebody for all my like gripes about MTA. I have many. Some of them I think are justified. Um, that there is somebody there. There are people that make that possible and you know i am not an island in public transportation hence public um you know and i can appreciate it a little bit more and think consider those people
0: yeah the answer that came to my mind of what is the cost is um apathy is Mm. that if we are so individualistic and think everybody's in total control of how they Determine their future then we can be apathetic about other people in oh if they just tried harder then they wouldn't be in this situation
1: because then we don't view people as in part the product of their community and context and situation yeah we think everyone is has is the same freedom as me yeah and if they're not don't enjoy the same prosperity or results, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Maybe that idea of bootstrapping of like, you know, if you can pull yourself up. I know my dad had a whole thing when I was a kid where he'd be like, buck up, like, like you can just like, why don't, you know, that idea that you're in control and that you're the person that's supposed to uniquely be responsible for all of your, like, all the pros and cons, the the good and the bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is basically the theme of of America in a lot of ways, isn't it? Um, I mean, that's certainly guided. I, I don't want to make this podcast overtly political, but it's guided, I think, a lot of the changes in the structure of our country um, between the 1980s and today. Yeah. And notwithstanding the fact that, you know, Everyone is dependent on other people for almost everything at all times. And Katie can take the subway. it don't take her where she wants to at the time that she wants to, but it's been taking other people where they want to go at the time that they want to go all day. all day long. Because of people who are working
1: and supporting mm-hmm. the
2: system. But it's just the idea that, you know, 90% of people think they're in the top 10% of people, and so they don't have any any desire to help anyone else because... If you're poor, or if you're needy, or if you you know any any range of quote unquote undesirable things, it's automatically your fault, which is not a good way to look at the world.
1: I agree. What 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 are some ways in which that that idea that everyone has total autonomy and is responsible for their situation? What are some ways in which that's untrue?
0: Uh, I was just thinking about how that's such a privileged point of view because you don't have any systems of oppression affecting your life, then you can really think that. Like, uh, if you don't have to worry about the cops all the time and whether they're going to be more aggressive to you because you're a person of color, that's a weight off your shoulders.
1: Oh, yeah. I have my current job and my current money and the, the things that that money enables me to afford. In part because of my college education, which I did not pay for, because my parents had no problem paying for it, and that <laughs> has given that has given me the um, life and all the everything that I enjoy today that I've not made with my own hands or create. I'm, I'm able to access because of money that I earned because of that money my parents already had.
2: Yeah, I mean it's money that you earned by accident of birth. Yeah, as yeah as is true, I think, of me. And, you know, it's easy to look at people and say, well, you know, I went to college, I went to law school, like, I got this job, like, why can't you do it? And it's
1: not that simple. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, I I did the homework. I show up to work and I do the work. That's that's true. But, like, those doors were open to me, not because of that. I just took advantage of those opportunities. But the opportunities were there and they were pretty easy to snatch for me because and that's because of my context and background yeah yeah so the the other question i wonder is like if we understand that we're dependent on people to provide like these resources like riding the subway or like the people who grow our food then should we care about those people's well-being who are giving us the things that we need. Yeah, I, I think some people would say no, but what do we think?
3: But I think that it's, you know, we were talking about, like, I think, I don't want to say we're like, we're all self-aware, but I think we've, we've worked as people, certainly from what you guys all said about, you know, realizing your background and a lot of the things that you have now, you know, taking for granted that all of that was provided by circumstance, um, I think there's a reluctance to shatter that mythology or that image that you you didn't you weren't just handed it. People, people don't want to say, you know, I could also be like you because whether it's the poverty or the race issue or, you know, the background, just geographical background, people don't want to say, you know, that they could be a person in that same circumstance. They want to believe that they're different and that they're better. Um, whether that betterness is by any, you know, agency of their own. And so I think it's really hard to get people to accept that first step that then helps them become more aware of all the ways that they're, you know, interdependent and that they could be kinder and better to people who have less than they do in a lot of respects or, or, or you know, less safe or you need, need more support, whatever that may be.
1: Yeah. I, I know I, I'm no, I could even be better at doing that well, we could all we could we, all be better
2: i think yeah i think that's the the human journey is trying to be better than we are
1: yeah yeah that it is that it is
3: but maybe people see like weakness or or something in that interdependency like saying that you know, like social benefits or something, saying that we, you know, need to support other people or we need to, you know, provide affordable health insurance or something like that. You know, again, we're kind of like saying that we have these, like, frailties or we have these times that we need support. Like, a lot of people are like, well, it's a one-time thing or, you know, I'm only getting this right now. I'm going to, you know, it's all going to be better soon. You know, again, this idea that it's it's somehow shameful or bad, to receive help.
1: Yeah. I think there is a lot of
3: shame you know. attached
1: to it in our society. You're right. There is. I mean, there are people who are trying to attach more
2: shame to it. Which yeah. Is...
1: And that's not, yeah, it's not imagined shame. There are people trying to throw that at other people to shame them. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on us that we're across the whole spectrum of people that we're yeah. supposed to have it all figured out and we're not supposed to rely on anyone. And we do. We're not supposed to acknowledge it. It's a lot
0: it it's toxic uh individualism
1: toxic individualism that's a good phrase did you make that up
3: Uh,
0: yes (laughs) good in the moment
1: (laughs) yeah toxic individualism tm (laughs) that's that's great yeah it is i think i think that's a great way of summing up what we talked about today and it's you know it's not only how does that cause us to ignore other people but also what effect does that have on ourselves? Like I was talking about the pressure, but another thing that came up in the sermon is the preponderance of, of loneliness and depression and, um, and suicide in our country, despite the fact that we enjoy some of the most prosperity in the world. How do you guys think that's connected to our culture's uh, uplifting of independence? Well, I think there's a... <laughs>
2: A certain. I mean, we've been talking before about the certain attitude that you, know, you are the master of your own destiny and everything that is wrong is essentially a problem of your own making. Um, and I think that people get very lonely in those situations and feel like everything has gone wrong and clearly this is a problem with me and there's not much I can do to fix it. Um, and people... Don't want to help other people, so that just sort of spins out and out and out.
0: Or if people have internalized this so much they don't want to ask for help because then that'll yeah. be perceived as weakness.
1: Yeah, they don't end there or they don't want to be a burden on someone else. Mm
3: -hmm. Or even
0: beyond that, I think the idea that if you're
3: supposed to be alone in the individual, the idea that anything opposite you then is some sort of like even if you're independent, what might be against you is a united front. So if you feel different or if you feel like there's something that's only you, like I only think this way or I only feel this way, you know, if if the opposite side of that is everybody else, you know, then. That in like toxic individualism, but you know, (sighs) you feel then even more alone and even more isolated because you might not think that there's a community or there are other people like you. You may just recede further into that sense of being alone.
1: Some of the like long, have you ever guys, you know, there's like documentaries and stuff about like, and articles about people and cultures who like live the longest,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, like,
1: and like, what are their secrets and yada, yada.
3: Eat a lot of fish. Yeah, you eat a lot of fish and lean chicken. Yeah,
1: many of those places tend to be like Pacific Islands Yeah, um, where they eat a lot of fish. But also I remember learning about one where one thing they do is is the, the community is extremely interconnected and interdependent. And for the oldest people in the community, not only does that mean that they have a solid support system they don't have to worry about, did I save enough for retirement? Uh, is Medicare going to come through for me? But mm. also, they have roles in the society. And they never, I mean, they're not like working their butts off, but like they have things to do and they feel like they're needed. And I remember this this documentary, and unfortunately the title is escaping me, highlighted that as like, so, like potentially being connected um, to the longness of life of like your body literally stays alive as long as it feels like it's needed by the community and um and that was fascinating to me that like that interdependence can quite literally be connected to being alive staying alive longer and like it's it's that life-giving literally
0: i guess i'd be interested to know from all of you what are times of interdependence that have really been life giving for you or experiences of interdependence?
2: My marriage, just sort of like day to day and every single day and everything that goes on in it. Um, hopefully, that's true of all marriages because I think that, you know, part of the institution is the recognition that we're all better off together. Yeah. Even if, you know, when you're arguing over whose turn it is to do the dishes, it doesn't feel like that. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's always these ways in which you can support each other and back each other up.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, and day day. you, I, I, the thing that I was thinking of that I didn't want to sound trite is just like my spouse is studying for the bar exam right now um, and it is an all-consuming thing. And, you know, just sort of, doing everything for one another so that she can do what it is that she needs to do. Um, I went through the exact same thing last year.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think, well, actually, I think that's a great example because it, it kind of shows us sometimes there's seasons in life and we we, as individuals, we go through busy times, hard times that are more demanding, and maybe we're not as an individual, literally not able to sustain then all the other things that are required of an individual to survive. And that's where having a partner or having a community Mm -hmm. to support you in those other areas, it helps you rise to that challenge. Yeah. And I'm sure then we could take that even larger. And I'm sure like statistically, like people trying to become lawyers or taking the bar, those that have a spouse or a supportive community around (laughs) them probably are more likely to t- to finish it to pass to succeed as opposed to individuals who don't have that support system, whether it's a spouse or a family or whatever. Or
3: friends to come at lunch breaks and harass you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that like they a- took
1: me out. She and her, uh,
2: life partner took me out for lunch every day during the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Got that that's chick-fil-a awesome. even
3: Ooh. though it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah.
1: that's support for sure.
3: No, I was going to do like a, topical for today thing which is that you know today I guess I got welcomed to Advent um, and that was really nice and I was inspired to come by Danny and Julie becoming you know active members and attending mass and I'd always done it um, as a kid I, I grew up Catholic going to church every Sunday and um, and uh, my parents, while well, I was in my like mid-20s, called me one day and was like, we're Lutheran now. Um, <laughs> and so that was a shift, um, and I felt kind of left out of that, um, to be honest. And I've also never been, Danny knows this, a good, a good going-to-church-alone person. It's just never been. I grew up doing mm. it always with my mom and dad or for the Lutheran bit with my grandma. Um, and it was just yeah. weird for me to go on my own. And so... Um, it's really nice to have this community, and it's certainly nice to know that I have people to go with um, and this opportunity to have a faith community. So, good on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great example. Welcome.
2: Thank you. And welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, you. <laughs>
3: Thank you. It's nice. I've enjoyed coming, and I, I hope that this is like a good moment for me to like this podcast, hopefully, you know, contribute and do more. So. Yeah.
1: Thank you for doing that.
3: Will not replace Julie permanently, but <laughs> when she's busy, I, I can <laughs> always step in. There's
1: always room for more. Yeah. always. Uh, you know, I think, and the, uh, there's some things that are just h- hard to do alone, or that are better done together. I think that's what that highlights. Yeah. And yeah, individualism is not always good. Uh, Pastor Danielle, for a moment, talked about that that John Wayne fantasy of like riding off into the sunset. And he's oh, yeah. just a free. And I, and I remember watching some of those movies and being like, man, like, just like, riding alone through like, the wilderness, it's very romanticized but like it also could get super lonely.
3: Yeah, like, I don't know. They have those right shows now terrifying. where people, yeah, where people will like it's some sort of like History Channel or travel where they're like people survive in the wilderness alone. Na- naked but of course, and there's afraid. like yeah, but there's yeah. always like somebody filming but them. A but that's crew. A, yeah, there's a but camera yeah. crew. Um, but you know, you're watching these people, and it's not usually the things like you think, like oh, they're gonna like fall down in a ravine, like you know, like I was gonna say like John Wayne like rides into a desert and doesn't come out. But you know, it's it's not those things that seem to get people when I watch those shows, it's the, like, they just start talking to a tree. It's like that Tom Hanks movie where yeah, he, like, where he puts talks a to a the volleyball, like, volleyball. you know. Yeah, that's what we I was going to say at the beginning yeah, yeah. of the example
2: of true independence, <laughs> yeah. but
1: I didn't want to make the
2: castaway watching, reference. Watching, um,
3: like, a heavily bearded Tom Hanks. Like. Sp- well,
1: speaking of movies, I I, I think that movie, um, and before that, the book, um, Into the Wild is about that kind of myth of, like, American frontier individualism. Yeah. Like, this, he's this kid who, like, succumbs to that myth and wants to just travel alone to Alaska and escape society, and his last realization before screwing up and dying is happiness is only real when shared. Sorry, pl- spot, plot spoiler for anyone that yeah. hasn't watched that yet, but you've had, like, a decade, so... Um, But But also
3: like the irony that you like need someone to tell you like what berries not to eat. Like the idea that your soul intelligence and your, you know, that sense of independence is going to somehow carry you through everything you don't know. Yeah.
1: In reality, it could be your Achilles heel.
2: Yeah.
3: you, You don't actually know all of those things. You need someone to... Do you Don't ever see you. that episode of show the,
2: you the way, yeah, of the office where he does the survivor man thing? Yeah, yeah. He like cuts his pants off to like form a hat and then <laughs> at nighttime he like tapes his pant legs back together cuz it's cold <laughs> and he like can't trap anything so he's about to like eat mushrooms and I feel like that's honestly like a lot closer to how all of us would fare the, as yeah, rugged
1: that's individuals. How most of us so would fare practically, true and then also state.
3: emotionally. I think <laughs> the Into the Wild is a good, good illustration of both of the fact that physically it would be very, very difficult to be alone, but then also, you know, from an emotional and maybe even a spiritual standpoint, it would also be—you'd yeah. start talking to a volleyball with a handprint on it. Like you just, you would, you would, you <laughs> yeah. would crave that. Yeah.
1: Deanne, what's your experience of interdependence?
0: Just thinking about my own life, like I've seen my emotional well being is directly tied to how much I feel connected with a community, in that I'm happier when I do have a community. Um, And one example was I lived, uh, I did a service year, which included living in intentional community with uh, six other women. So we were like, total strangers when we moved in together or had known each other for, like, less than a week. And it was just, like, become a community. (laughs) And it was actually, like, really great. And they're, like, super important to me. And it was kind of that openness of being, like, we're going into this situation ready to be open and vulnerable and with each other in this completely new place and, like, living together, eating together. And so it was just kind of a very raw time for all of us but that we were all like committed to this practice was really really powerful and made me feel very loved
1: yeah that's awesome i i can think of many but one that um And I also resonate with that, like that emotional need to kind of feel part of a community, to be seen and like supported. Um, Yeah, I'm so much like healthier emotionally when I feel like I have that around me. But one like very concrete, specific example, um, and that it's actually connected to this church is a few years back, um, I was supposed to move. My my lease was up in my apartment. It was all set. Um, and I was about a little over a week away, maybe about a week away um, to my lease being up, move out date and moving. And my next apartment fell through. It was, it was a like super trendy like loft space in Brooklyn. And it turned out it was illegal. Oh. <laughs> so, hey, it was not, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a commercial space, not a residential and yeah and so the uh the powers that be of of nyc came in and evicted all of them they had a week to leave and obviously that meant i was not moving in um and so i found myself in a position where i only had a place set up to live for the next week and there was definitely a moment of like sheer terror of being like what am i gonna do where am i gonna sleep where's all my stuff gonna go and um, it turned out that another young adult in the Advent community was moving and, like, had was looking for another, a different roommate, but like they weren't coming for another month. And they were able to say, Hey, you can live in the, my spare room for a month while you figure it out. Um, and that was circumstantial and incredibly lucky, too. But like, I just think practically that, like, being being so connected to this community was like literally a resource to me in that moment of need. Um, and I can't, in addition to being grateful for it, I can't help but think about like all the people who have something unexpected happen with their housing or their job or whatever, something falls through and that, that moment of being saved isn't there. And that's how people end up homeless on the street. Um, not that I was ever at risk of that, like because at the end of the day, like I have parents that would have bailed me out of any dire situation, which is another safety net of support, you know. And, um, but yeah, and and I think about in the Advent community, like, did I only get that help because I I work here and I'm so in the center of it? Like, how are we offering that support to the to all? equally throughout distributed equally throughout the community and I think that's something that we could continue to do better um, where like support like that isn't just for insiders or people who are around more and more involved but also for for everyone who's a part of this community because um, stuff happens in life you know and it's it's really great to have a community that can pull through for you in those moments interdependence
0: you're not in control of everything. Yeah,
1: clearly, clearly not. I couldn't uh, do anything about I, that. I do see straps attached to your boots, so I, don't I know. have literal <laughs> boot straps here <laughs> to hold myself up. Just,
3: just <laughs> tug on them gently. No, but I think those kind of fundamental things like housing and employment to tie back to the idea you're supposed to be independent. Those are resources that you know. I'm sure that there were times when you felt like. You know, with that housing situation you mentioned, and I felt like this when I was trying to, like, find a roommate or something. It was like, if I just tried harder... Or like, you know, mm. it's it's not, you know, New York said this this trendy loft wasn't actually residential space. But it's like, I should have known. People will say that or you'll feel that. And I've
1: totally felt that. I was yeah. like, I'm so stupid. I should have known this place was too <coughs> was good to be too true. It too
3: industrial to not be an actual industrial space. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, but it's those, some of the most vulnerable and scary things. I know for me, housing has always been one where I'm just like, I'm going to be great at this. And then like all of the stress and the actual... Reality of it can prove more daunting than originally thought. Um, Or jobs or, you know, a lot of things or just, you know, having enough food or, you know, tasks like that where you think that that's something that, duh, people should be able to accomplish. And so you can also project that internally or you can do it on other people that assumed independence. But those are really the vulnerable times when you need community and you need support. And you as a person can be more open to receiving that support, but also, you know, less selfish about giving it
1: that's a great observation. Like, not only going easy on yourself and being like, I'm not gonna have all the ants, sometimes I'm gonna eat the berries, <laughs> to to use that in the wild reference, like, and and not know the way. Acknowledging that for yourself, and also like, I think what you, what you just made me realize is like, making sure to see that in other people, and like, be more compassionate and understanding When maybe certain ways of doing things or processes of like making it through the world that I do understand, uh, not judging people when they don't, and and assuming that and holding them responsible, assuming they should figure it out or they should know, because we all don't have it figured out. Sometimes we all need someone to give us a hand or show us the way.
3: Say those are dangerous berries. (laughs) Like tell them not to eat eat those berries. Don't eat those berries.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely and i you know I think uh, maybe we could end with this like in New York and in our country there there are resources where like to, that are there but to get access to them, whether it's citizenship or housing or food, where the process is really convoluted and like it's not easy to navigate and it's not clear, and it it assumes coming from a certain culture or speaking a certain language or whatever, and I um I would lo- love to see a a church in a country that's more compassionate to that and is, is guiding the way.
0: So our final question is, what will you do differently this week?
2: I mean, I have a really concrete thing, which is that, you know, I need to go through getting this pro bono approval process because in addition to helping people that don't, need actual help like large corporations i also try and help people that do need actual help um and i need to like get that through at work um and this whole conversation has reminded me that that people depend on me um in my professional capacity and i need to not let them down
1: yeah so like (laughs) makes it a higher priority
2: yeah i mean i I was gonna do it anyhow but like it just sort of made me think about You know, what my job is and what I can do in addition to what Mm -hmm. I sort of actually do day to day. Yeah. Keep the lights on.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't realize you had to get approval to do pro bono work or that there was a process. Uh, It depends on where you work. Okay. Got it. Got it. Cool. I think we're going clockwise. So. Oh, okay. Think uh, of something quick. No. Yeah.
3: So more bank audits. Yeah, more <laughs> bank audits. I can do more. Be kinder in banking audits. Um, <laughs> they're auditing us, so I don't know how I'm going to be kinder.
0: Um,
3: uh, no, I think that you know I'm I'm riding this kind of like wave of being excited about joining Advent, and I was talking to my mom about it, and you know I had a had a discussion before with Pastor Danielle, and she gave us a form to fill out, you know, our name and. I realized I didn't know my baptism day, so there's a thing I can work on um, finding that out. My mom didn't know either, so a little worrying. Um, but uh, no, but uh, and there was a spot at the bottom of you know, are there some things you'd like to get involved in, and what would you kind of like mm. to do? And I left it ashamedly blank because um, I knew in my head some things I could write down. Um, but I told myself I wouldn't do it until I was, like, revved up and, you know, really, really meaning to it. do it. And I yeah. think that's a dumb excuse. Um, I think that I can certainly find out more and do more that, you know, I have plenty of conviction and commitment anyway. Um, and my time, I have kind of, in certain respects, um, in contrast to Danny's focused time that's meaningful, I have nothing but time that I should devote to meaningful things. Um, and so I think that going forward ride this wave a little more feeling excited about joining but then getting serious and knuckling down about thinking of ways that i could be more productive and contributing
1: thanks for sharing that
0: beware i did that and i started a podcast so <laughs> i can't
3: take that Ugh, podcast is gone
1: it's good though right
0: <laughs> yes i it's enjoyed
1: fun. yeah you know, it's No pressure or something? Well, it's very easy to suddenly find yourself with plenty to do.
0: Yeah. The church is good at putting you to work. Okay. I I feel like you were talking a lot about how people are dependent on you, whereas I'm, kind of as Pastor Danielle was talking, desire that independence. So I want to try to see how I'm dependent on other people this week. And then acknowledging and thanking them for that. You
1: you made me think of this, Deanne. (laughs) Thank you. But um, having done in these podcasts a few times, like I'm going to do something this week. This week, I want to choose something that's more concrete. And I'm (laughs) saying it in front of you guys so you can ask me if I do it next week (laughs) and hold me accountable. I'm just going to text you every day. (laughs) There we go. Just text me. I... I'm going to write eight, I feel like, I'm going to write eight thank you notes to to people on whom I um, am interdependent. Some like, and I'll try like half personal, maybe, you know, like my parents or something and and half like more strangers. Like I don't like write a thank you note for the MTA conductor or something like really random And, and just like, yeah. And like concretely say thank you to some people who make my getting through the world and my life possible. That's the plan. <laughs> Check in with me later. <laughs> uh, I hope I do it. I intend. I fully intend to do it. <laughs> fully intend.
0: Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org, or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations, to join in in the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.